Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mark My Words podcast. And for today, I'll be talking about all the major happenings that went down during the NBA's free agency period. Uh, so it's already been a week since the start of free agency, but it has already felt like an eternity. And in just one week, the entire landscape of the NBA changed drastically. So I'll start with the most recent major move and definitely the most earth-shattering, which was Kawhi Leonard's decision to go to the Los Angeles Clippers instead of signing with the Lakers or staying with the Raptors. So not just that, but Paul George is also going to the Clippers with Kawhi via a trade with OKC where the Thunder receive a treasure chest of draft picks for the upcoming 5 plus years. It truly was one of the most shocking off-season developments in recent history. With Kawhi, the rumblings that we heard were that he would either stay with the Raptors or join the Lakers, with the Clippers bowing out of the race. Then even a few days before he made his announcement, a lot of insiders and people online were already calling the Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers report and saying it was only a matter of time before he officially signs. So as a Lakers fan, I was pretty optimistic with the chance that they had at Kawhi and was already looking forward to a big three with LeBron, AD, and Kawhi. However, that was not the case and not only did Kawhi choose to join the Clippers, but in what is probably the more surprising move was Paul George being traded to the Clippers as well. This one really came out of nowhere. Uh, there weren't any rumors or reports about this leading up to the trade. And it seemed like the reason Kawhi took so long to make his decision was because he was waiting for the Clippers to move for George. It's amazing how there wasn't any sort of report about such a big move like this. It's also amazing to find out that Kawhi played LeBron's game of being a recruiter against LeBron himself and was successful in bringing in another superstar to join him in what looks to be a perennial contender in the LA Clippers. And before I go on and on about how I was disappointed that Kawhi went to the other team in Los Angeles, I'll talk about the other major free agency moves that went down. Sticking to the Western Conference, which overall had lesser shakeups for its teams compared to the Eastern Conference, where a lot of movement happened to key stars. So first, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, it looks like the best course of action that they should take after trading away Paul George and getting a large haul of draft picks is to blow it up and rebuild. Now, what does this mean for the future of Russell Westbrook? As much as he is a Thunder for life, it just doesn't make sense for both Russ and OKC to continue with their relationship unless the Thunder can somehow convert all those picks towards another star. The reality is that if the Thunder truly want to rebuild, they have to give up Westbrook for more draft picks and young players. Also, if they do ship out Russ, I hope it would be a courtesy to him to send him to either a team he likes or a team that could contend for a championship given all that he has done for Oklahoma City. The tricky part though is finding a team that would take Westbrook considering that he currently has a max contract 
and a lot of good teams already have their starting point guards. I bet that any team would want to take a chance at having Russ, but it just might be difficult right now for a team to acquire him. I'm guessing he won't be moved in this offseason, but the Thunder should start aggressively exploring options uh, by the trade deadline next year. Next is the Utah Jazz that had a sneaky great offseason by acquiring Mike Conley from the Grizzlies via trade and signing Boyan Bogdanovich, Jeff Green, and Ed Davis to strengthen their front court. So the Jazz finally get their star point guard that fits well with Donovan Mitchell, and they get more offensive firepower with Bogdanovich along with what is already a top-tier defensive team with Rudy Gobert at the helm. This team looks great on paper and has a chance to be a top seed in the West. Another Western Conference team that had a considerable shakeup during free agency uh, was the Golden State Warriors. So after losing in the finals, the Warriors also lose Kevin Durant in free agency, but re-signed Clay Thompson to a max contract and acquired D'Angelo Russell via sign-in trade, which made them give up Andre Iguodala to the Grizzlies. Not surprising for Golden State to re-sign Clay Thompson to the max. All signs pointed towards it anyway. Now that Durant has left the Warriors, they did a great job by getting D'Angelo Russell who, for the time being, is a great insurance policy while Clay is recovering from his ACL injury. It'll be interesting to see the dynamic of Curry and Russell since they have similar styles of play. However, Russell is not as effective as a shooter in catch-and-shoot situations. Overall, though, the Warriors were able to come out of free agency not looking like the biggest loser since they were able to get back an all-star in Russell who can alleviate the absence of Clay Thompson to a certain extent. They may not look like the juggernauts they once were, but with enough decent players and a good system in place, the Warriors should still have a chance at being a good team in the West. Now for the Eastern Conference that had some major changes to a lot of these teams, which has made the race to the finals wide open. First, the Brooklyn Nets. The first major dominoes that fell just as soon as free agency started were the signings of both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant by the Brooklyn Nets. Now the writing was on the wall for Kyrie leaving the Celtics, and it really was a matter of when and not if he would leave Boston. The only uncertainty that was left was where would he go and who would he go with. There were rumors that him and KD might go to New York, or that Kyrie would go to LA with LeBron, but ultimately Kyrie decided to go to the team in the New York area that has a better running organization in the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie's decision of choosing the Nets directly affected Kevin Durant's free agency decision as well and he also chose the Nets because of Kyrie. These two major signings along with the Nets signing DeAndre Jordan, a former Nick, who's also buddies with KD and Kyrie, make the Nets a future Eastern Conference contender. They may not look like contenders this year with KD out with an Achilles injury, but once KD comes back, and even if he'll be at, what, 70-80%, to 
he'll still be one of the biggest threats in the league. This was an amazing job done by the Nets, especially GM Sean Marks and coach Kenny Atkinson, for turning this franchise around after the debacle that led them to giving up their first round picks for about five years. Stephen A. Smith put it best when he said, In three years, the Brooklyn Nets have accomplished what we've been waiting for the New York Knicks to pull off in half a century. This is a perfect segue to talk about the New York Knicks. Now, I know I said I will be talking about major moves made by above-average teams, but it's hard not to talk about the incompetence of this New York Knicks franchise. So first, they traded Kristaps Porzingis, the only star that they had, and who was only on a cheap rookie contract to clear cap space for potentially two max slots for whoever who would want to join them. Then as free agency hit, and all of the big fishes signed elsewhere, and with an extra gut punch of having Kyrie and KD going to their neighbors, the Brooklyn Nets, the Knicks struck out on other big names like Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler, and Kawhi Leonard. Then, after not getting any superstar players, they decided to use their cap space on Julius Randle who is a good player but may not play up to his contract of $63 million for three years. And after getting Randall, who was a power forward, they also signed Bobby Portis and Todd Gibson, who are also power forwards. They then capped off their spending by getting guys like Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, and Wayne Ellington. So this offseason has proven that the Brooklyn Nets now own New York and that the Knicks just aren't an attractive free agent destination as long as their owner, James Dolan, who everybody hates, still owns the team. Moving on to a New York native who passed up an opportunity to play for his hometown Knicks and decided to go to the Celtics, Kimball Walker signed a four-year max contract after his old team, the Charlotte Hornets, gave a low-ball offer that was not anywhere near max money. Kemba to the Celtics is a great deal for the Celtics because he's basically a Kyrie Irving light. He plays almost like Kyrie Irving, he has quick dribble moves and can drive to the rim, and he's a good shooter and passer. However, the major difference Kemba has is that he does not bring the baggage Kyrie had over Boston. It was well documented how Kyrie was disgruntled this past season with the Celtics with his out-of-this-world mindset, which eventually led to Boston having chemistry and leadership issues. These shouldn't be problems for this team with Kemba Walker now in the fold. He has always been known to be a great teammate and locker room presence, so having that and a skill set similar to Kyrie would be beneficial to the Celtics in the long run. The Celtics, though, did not just lose Kyrie, which was more or less expected by most Celtics fans. They also lost Al Horford, which was a bit more of a surprise since initial reports had him negotiating with Boston about a new deal, which eventually never happened. Losing Harford is a huge blow to the Celtics' frontcourt depth, and adding Ennis Cantor to replace him severely hurts their defense. 
Now on to the last team that had major moves this offseason was the Philadelphia 76ers who are now Al Horford's new team and they also bring back Tobias Harris. They lose however Jimmy Butler by signing trade to the Miami Heat but take back Josh Richardson. Uh, the Sixers now have a potential starting lineup of Joel Embiid, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, and Ben Simmons. That lineup looks huge and has the potential to be an elite defensive unit. The questions start to rise when looking at how this team can work offensively. Now, this really has been the issue the Sixers have been facing since the end of the process. The fit with their two best players, Simmons and Embiid, is questionable at best and awful at worst with both of them not being shooters. Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson, who are both good shooters, ease some of the spacing issues but Al Horford doesn't really help solve the problem in the offense. It's interesting to see how this team works because it has the potential to be great but also the potential to have a hard time meshing together. So besides those major developments, other notable moves around the league were Jimmy Butler heading to the Miami Heat, Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb heading to the Indiana Pacers, Nikola Vucevic staying with the Orlando Magic, Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez re-upping with the Bucks, while they also get Wes Matthews and Robin Lopez, and Shea Gilgis Alexander and Danilo Gallinari going to the Thunder via the Paul George trade. Hassan Whiteside and Kent Bazemore are going to the Portland Trailblazers. And the Los Angeles Lakers get Danny Green and DeMarcus Cousins. So in about a week, the whole landscape of the NBA just changed and the championship race looks the most wide open it has ever been in almost a decade, which should be fun for everyone. So the regular season can't come soon enough. So that's all for today's free agency recap episode. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and give it a 5-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.